I prophesy a revival coming to America. Why has he given you the ability to talk, the ability to touch, the ability to hear? Why are you here? There have always been, there will always be more of us than there are of them. We are remnant, revenant, resurrected, relevant revivalists. That's who we are. I'm not an abnormal person living in a normal world. I'm a normal person living in an abnormal world. I'm a born-again, fire-baptized, Holy Ghost-filled man of God living in its truth. Dominion Camp Meeting is here July 1, 2, 3 at World Harvest Church. For more details, visit dominioncampmeeting.com. First John chapter three, verse eight. First John chapter three, verse eight. Father, bless the reading of your word. Infuse it, encapsulate it in thy divine anointing. Let it pierce beyond the hard callous surface of mental reasoning and find its lodging deep within the human heart. There, with great spontaneity and speed. Allow it to take root and spring forth to life even this day, even before we leave this room, bearing the fruit of righteousness. Holy Spirit of God, come. Do your work. Convict every heart of sin. Convince every person of righteousness. We give you the praise in advance, for we have asked it, and it is so. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 3, verse 8, everybody paying close attention. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So write out loud, look on the screen if you need to, or if your Bible if you need to, why was Jesus manifested? All right, that's what I love, unity. We're gonna try it again. That sounded like one of you was in the Message Bible, one of you was in the Amplified Bible, one of you was in the New International Version, one of you was in the King James, the other was in the New King James. And for those folks of you that want to stick to the King James text, bless your little heart. The King James Version of your Bible was translated from the Septuagint. So if you're going to go back, go back to the Septuagint. Your King James Bible was first printed in the year 1611. Paul did not preach from it. The epistles are not the wives of the apostles. It's not Job to Malachi. It's Job to Malachi. 
So let's all get right here. We're in the modern English version for you backsliders. Are you ready? I, I said, are you ready? Why was Jesus manifested? One more time. To destroy the works of the devil. So he either did or he did not. Because he did not drag that rough-hewn wooden beam up the slopey, craggy hillside of Golgotha to go halfway. He didn't say it is finished with a P.S. He did not get up on that third and appointed morning and say, could you get that cross back out? I left a few things out. No, sir. He was resurrected in glorious splendor, having accomplished every purpose for which our Father loosed him over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate. I dare you to shout, it is finished. It is done, period. So when you text that this afternoon, say, it is done, P-E-R-I-O-D-T. It is done, period. He left nothing out. There's nothing yet to be accomplished. There's nothing wrong at your house that what's right at his house today will not fix. Nothing wrong in your body that wasn't already fixed. Nothing wrong in your children that he didn't already pay the price for. Nothing wrong in your family that he can't put back to. Here's the easiest point of theology in your Bible. John chapter 10, verse 10. For the thief came, not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Dividing line, steal, kill, destroy. Dividing line, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, sufficient in quantity, but superior in quality. Miller knows nothing about the good life and Nike didn't coin, just do it. Are you with me? God is a God of intention. God is a God of order. Isn't that something to say in a charismatic Pentecostal church? Here's what's in order. Shouting. Here's what's in order, clapping. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's in order. Prophetically, Jesus said, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Running is in order. Lifting up your hands 
is in order. What is out of order is your frowning sourpuss face. Look at somebody and say, out of order. No sadness here, no sorrow here. No brokenheartedness here, no brokenness here. No sickness is a no sickness zone. This is a no trouble zone. This is the church. You can't smoke in here. And you can't frown in here. You can't backbite in here. You can't complain in here. You can't tailbear in here. You can't lie in here. For this birth, Jesus is a God of order, of intention, of purpose. Jesus came to this planet with a divine assignment and a prehistoric purpose with great certainty, not the least of which is stated in our text. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Now either he did or he didn't, he accomplished it or he failed. If you believe that book is right and they are wrong, if you truly believe that Jesus left nothing out, I double dog dare you, as Brother Copeland would say, I double dog dare you to let hell, heaven, and earth know that you believe that. That you'd stake your life on it. That you'd stake your future on it. That you'd stake your children on it. Uh, the word destroy in Greek is the word luha. It means to tear down. It means to leave nothing out and everything destroyed as though it had never existed. Pain never existed. Fear never existed. Sorrow never existed. Heavy burdens never existed. Disease, pain, malady, malfunction, infirmity, poverty, lack, not enough, never existed. He either did it, now I'm not talking about what you're living in. The church of God is notorious for living so beneath its privilege that it cannot even look up and see the bottom of where it should be. But thank God we're not who we were. We're not who we're gonna be, but we're not who we were. And we are on our way. Move somebody out your way right now and say, excuse me, but I'm moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. I'm moving on up. Look at your neighbor and say, give me a box. Let me borrow your truck. Cause I've been here long enough. I'm on my way up. 
up, 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 up out of poverty, up out of sickness, up out of, out of. And I prove it to you because when this life is over, old folk used to say, I fly away, oh glory. This world is not my home. I am a stranger here. I'm not an abnormal person living in a normal world. I'm a normal person living in an abnormal world. I'm a born again, fire baptized, Holy Ghost filled man of God living in its truth. That world out there is what's lost its mind. Five dollar and one cent a gallon gasoline. You've lost your ever-loving mind. You like a man owning a cattle ranch, starving to death. Crazy. Crazy. The minute anybody moves into that town, they ought to have to take a brand across their forehead. Crazy. Don't have sense enough to pound sand in a rat hole. If you're from Eastern Kentucky, you understand that. If you're not, I'll pray for you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Are you ready? So if he has that purpose, everybody can shout about Jesus. Oh, Jesus. What about you? You pitiful, pathetic little milk-sock, milk-toast evangelical that can barely find your way to the church, must tell us your Bible. What's your purpose? Oh, I go to church. Forty percent of you don't go to church anymore. You sitting out there within driving distance watching me on TV eating popcorn. This is not a movie. This is the real thing. This is the real thing. This is it. This is where the fire falls. This is where the victory is won. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory and beneath his cleansing flood. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Your children are healed by that blood. Your future is secured by that blood. Your heart is happy by that blood. If you have a bloodless gospel, you have no gospel at all. Shout thank God for the blood, for the altar, for the cross. Now give him praise, give him glory. All right, so we know the purpose of our Canaan King, our crucified Lord. 
weeping, sighing, crying, dying Savior. But what's your purpose? Look at somebody next to you and say, what you for? Why are you taking up space? Why are you breathing my air? Well, I sing in the choir, so does the devil. Well, I usher, so does the devil. Well, I work in the nursery and complain about it the whole time. Well, I come to church and sit there watching you watch, looking like you spent the night upside down in a post hole and got baptized in vinegar. What's your purpose? To dress up for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? Most of you don't feel like you even have a purpose in God. You call yourself by strange names. I'm a carpenter. Wouldn't have been strange if we called Jesus carpenter. Oh, we bless you, carpenter. Thank you, carpenter. <laughs> Wouldn't that be odd? Well, why do you call yourself that? Well, I'm a nurse. I thought he was a healer. I am a doctor. You know what that means? I got to show you how to do it. What's your purpose? Why? My best friend, Freddie, was sitting in my living room and my mother had a portrait up on the wall. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a bridge. And Freddie was laying there with a pizza beside him, fiddling his fingers on his chest like this, except his chest was out here like this. He weighed 300 pounds. He was about five foot four. And Freddie chuckled. <laughs> and then he said, why are we all here? Why are you here? What's your purpose? What if I were to tell you, write it down right now in 10 words or less. And if you can't, we're going to have you fast for the next 40 days. Most of you'd be thinner 40 days from now. Amen. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why is God allowing you to breathe his air? Why is he massaging your heart to send blood coursing through your veins? Why has he given you the ability to talk, the ability to touch, the ability to hear, the ability to see? Why did he ransom and redeem you out of your miserable past into your magnificent present? Why are you here? What's your purpose?
Well, if you have a Bible, you can find it really quick. It's over in the book of Ephesians. Chapter number three, verse 10. So that now, shout now, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So if the purpose of Jesus was to annihilate, then write this one word down and put it upon your forehead never to be forgotten again. My purpose is to demonstrate what Jesus annihilated. You are heaven's enforcement cop. You are here to enforce the boundaries and the principles of the kingdom of God and bring increase to what he started. The former treatise, O Theophilus, have I written unto you of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. What did he do? He went about doing good. What's your purpose? Go and do good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, spirit, soul, and body. I have to ask you a question. How many of the enemy scouts did you walk in here with this morning hanging from your spiritual belt? Who did you defeat? What did you defeat? What are you bringing this morning to lay at the feet of your conquering king? How many devils are hanging lifeless around your spiritual belt today? Or did you just survive? Got any souls hanging on there? My great God, Deborah can barely walk in the room. Who did you help? Who did you reach down to? Who did you pick up? Whose burden did you lift? I was whining when I was 20 years old because we weren't having enough first-time visitors at our church. And my mother said, hold on a minute. She went into my bedroom, grabbed a stack of visitors' cards and brought them in and put them on the kitchen table and said, why don't you go take care of the ones God already sent you? My friend Bobby Joe Hamilton worked for the great faith teacher Norval Hayes. She saw miracles after miracles, souls after souls, demons cast out after demons cast out. She was crawling around her trailer, begging God to anoint her. She finally ended up draped over the toilet seat, praying, oh God, anoint me. And she said, the Holy Ghost tapped me on the shoulder and said, Bobby Joe, the toilet does not need healing. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. Instead of rehearsing your problem to God all the time, why don't you go cast that thing out of somebody else? I don't pray for my son every day. Not the way you think of it. I don't pray for him. I pray for every single person connected to me in any way 
every single member of my family, every single member of my extended family, every single City Harvest Network, church, pastor, family, and entire congregation and anybody they reach. I pray for every single person whose child or someone they love or they are attacked by autism spectrum disorders. That's my prayer that they have no PDD, no ADD, no Asperger's syndrome, no autistic symptoms, conditions, or behaviors, including but not limited to obsessive compulsive desires and behaviors, echolalia, and perseveration. I thank you that they reason, that they have no abnormal fear, that they have no neurological, sociological, academic problems at all, that they are completely... That's how I get a son who I was told would never have a relationship that I had to beat a girl off of him every day trying to marry him. No offense, Sinead. That's your purpose? Examine your prayer life. Oh God, increase my income. Who'd you give anything to? See, you can't, this is not Burger King. You don't get to have it your way. You get to have it God's way. God didn't say pray for you. He said pray for somebody else. He didn't say ask to be blessed. He said bless somebody else. It's a nice suit jacket. Where'd you get it? I gave it to you. Where'd you get that watch? I gave it to you. Where'd you get that watch? <laughs> you have been watching me preach for 40 years. Oh, sorry, I was, you got it. <laughs> Forgive her for lying in Jesus. But I don't believe Brother Copeland ought to have an airplane. See how you believe when you've given 40 away. Well, I don't believe Pastor ought to have a Rolex watch. Well, you have one too when you give 10 away like I have. What you, what's your purpose? Get a backbone, man. Square your shoulders. Stick your chin out. Jesus was in the synagogue after being tempted by the devil 40 days and 40 nights. So it was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and he finding the place where it was written. You know what that means? He knew where it was. Stood up and began to read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is my purpose. He has anointed me. You're not anointed and you wonder why. Because you don't fulfill the next part. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Where were you yesterday? Watching TV. Baking cookies. Come on now. Don't shoot me, I'm just a piano player. Elton John, amen. 
for this purpose. Where's your purpose? What do you get up in the morning for? Over two-thirds of Americans are on depression medication. Then I guarantee you, you have trouble getting out of the bed in the morning. Maybe if you had a purpose, you'd have a reason to hit the floor running. Maybe you'd wait for the sun to break meridian horizon and just enough light to hit your eyes to jump out of your bed and make demon hordes scream, clapping their fettered hands together, saying, Dear God, he's up again. She's awake. What's your purpose? I had somebody in my life that was depressed and I went over into their bedroom and I said, get up. I don't feel, I don't care what you feel. Get up. Shake yourself. Ain't nobody else there to shake you. Shake yourself. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord my God. Pastor's not there. Deacon's not there. Carrie's not there. The organist isn't there. The deacons quit deacon and the ushers quit usher. And ain't nobody there but you and the devil. And one of you is going to win. Shout the words on the screen on three, one, two, three. That's why you get up in the morning. That's why you shout when you don't have a shout. That's why when you've been impaled on the cross of circumstance, you're talking about a deliverance. That's why when your child has a fever raging of 105, you say, nevertheless, I will praise. Because my praise is a weapon. I got a Star Wars saber. Come on, man. Encourage yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? 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 See, I'm proving to you you don't know your Bible. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You're either Pentecostal and Holy Ghost filled or you're backslidden. Shout I have a purpose. I was born to raise hell. I got a reason to get up in the morning. I got a reason to love my wife. I got a reason to forgive. I got a reason to pray. I got a reason to shout. My praise is a weapon. I've got a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
I'm a devil chaser. I'm a ghost buster. I just gave you the title of my Dominion Camp Meeting message, Ghostbuster. We're about to bust the Holy Ghost out. We're about to loose him and let him go. I'm believing Baptist preachers are gonna start taking their text on Sunday morning and they'll say, turn to me to Luke chapter We got a purpose. We're here with intention. We didn't just show up, some dead, cold, floating along, swelled up fish. We're swimming upstream. We got some stuff to fight. Uh, I'm gonna continue this next week. Okay, I won't. Man, we're gonna fight backslidden preachers. We're gonna fight against gender dysphoria. We're gonna go all MMA up on the devil. No, I'm serious. What you doing sitting around saying, the devil is attacking me. Why don't you go on offense? You on the wrong side of the ball. Look at somebody and tell them, get on the right side of the ball. We're on offense and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the moving, fighting, winning, shouting, praying church of Jesus Christ. I read the last chapter of the last book. We win. Gender dysphoria. State Farm Insurance. See if we have any of it, and if we do, cancel it tomorrow. I don't even have to punch you. All I gotta do is withdraw my support. Ask Disney. Ask Starbucks. State Farm Insurance just released books. Now, what this has to do with them, I faint to have even an idea. They just released two books. Let me find it. I don't want to misquote it. Uh-huh. Let's see now. Oh, I will. 
Two books. No. For five-year-olds. I didn't know five-year-olds bought insurance. Oh, you got a life insurance policy? What do you you insuring your car for 11 years from now? I don't know what you're doing. Two books. Two five-year-olds. While we sing, I am the seed of Abraham, and I fill my cup, Lord. You need to shatter your cup. Get you a bucket. And that'll fill up pretty quick. Get you a wagon. Let that overflow. Get you an ocean and he'll fill it up. Your extremity is heaven's opportunity. Tweet that. Children's five-year-olds. Two of them. Number one, a children's book about being non-binary. Huh? I am college educated. I have an earned doctorate. And my daughter ran up against something with that the other day. She said, Non, they, they, they want me to, and, and it's about non-binary. I said, I'm 65 years old. I have a doctor's degree. What is that? They throwing this stuff on you. You don't even know what it is. They making it up as they go. But, but, State Farm, they're not sending the book to you. I don't want it out. State Farm, they're not sending the book to you. But they're making sure your five-year-old gets it. That's not education. That's indoctrination. They are indoctrinating your children. They are stealing your seed. They are taking the righteous prodigy of the kingdom of God. That's why Harvest Preparatory School, I would like to announce, is now at an all-time high. And, and I said, they said, well, we're going to be out of room. We're approaching a thousand students. I said, I'll do what most pathetic, bankrupt Christian schools that are afraid somebody of color will show up. I'll go get a, I'll go get a, 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 a trailer if I have to. Of course, I've been known to build some stuff. I'll tell you what, it's time in the kingdom of God, tear down your barns and build bigger. Be seated. Then you got 
Then you got the second book, the second book, A Kid's Guide to Transgender. When you gonna get mad? No, like when you gonna get fighting mad? God didn't tell you to go lay down in a corner. God said, stand up, arise, your light has come. The church is not dead, it's just reached adolescence on its way to adulthood, and we're gonna lead the charge. God didn't give me my voice back to piddle around with nonsense. There are two genders. Two. Two. God said, I created them male and female, created I them. The book is right, they are wrong or confused. We are kingdom over culture regardless of the cost. Be seated. Here you go. Here's what a tax-funded public university is doing on Sunday mornings. You ready? They're having church. Like for real? Like got music, pulpit? I don't think they had a Hammond B3 organ. They couldn't find anybody that could play it. But, but they had... Here's the way they open. You got it? Here's the way they open their service. Here's what we're fighting. Good morning, the holy and queer one be with you. Good morning and welcome to worship. My name is Caroline Camp. I use she, they pronouns. I am the communications coordinator for Duke Divinity Pride and I am ecstatic to see this worship space so full and so vibrant with color. Thank you all for being here at the first ever Divinity Pride worship collaboration. She has a purpose. Do you? We have been marinated in an anti-God, anti-church, anti-kingdom culture. We have been told what we will believe and we have been told what we will say. Or they will shut you up. Not me, not here, not now. Hey, don't look at him and giggle. Some of y'all giggling caught up in the same mess. Be seated. The answer to it all, and you hear me, The answer to it all is one thing. Truly accepting 
Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Period. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My Father and my God, I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word sanctifies us. Your word separates us. Your word makes us a holy nation, a royal priesthood in your kingdom. And Father, the world around us has lost its way. And we repent for being silent. We repent for being fearful. We repent for being selfish. We repent for not knowing our purpose. We repent, Father, for the American Holocaust called abortion. We repent, we repent for living in a nation, spending hundreds of millions of dollars from taxpayers to murder our own children. We repent. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us, to wash us, to cleanse us. Why does the sinner choose a life of sin? Because he prefers it. Humans choose to sin because sin is their nature. Therefore, before any person will prefer that which is divine and spiritual, a new nature must be imparted to him. He must be born again. And so I ask you now, with the heads bowed and eyes closed and all over America and around the world, how many of you would say, Pastor Rod, today, I know the purpose for which I was born. God has put his hand on my life. And today, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to receive him as my Savior and my Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed, and those of you waiting patiently at home. Here and in the branch campuses, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're watching online on any of the platforms, when I say three, I want you to type in just the simple word me and leave your email so that we can pray with you. Don't hesitate. Tomorrow's promise to no one. As the Holy Spirit speaks so gently yet powerfully to your heart, this is your moment, this is your time. When I say three, raise that hand or type in me. Do it right now on three. One, two, three. Raise that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you this day as my personal Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me with your blood. I receive you. I accept you. I believe in you. And I confess you as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me and for giving me eternal life. I will live for you as you show me how. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.